Lupercal Yard Society is home to a monthly poetry open mic held in the underground speakeasy on the third Friday of every month. Join local poets and writers of all levels of experience as we share our writing. Feel free to read your original pieces or poetry from your favorite authors. Everyone feels welcome and supported when they share their writing at Lupercalia. Check out our Facebook page for specific dates and times. This month and next, we're talking about the connection between art and mental health and recovery from a variety of different things. And so for our first podcast of the second season, I'm delighted to be joined in the studio by artist Jess Banks and her daughter, Ava Baroni. Welcome. Hi. Hi. It's so great to have you guys here. It's great to be here. Good, good. Well, I have loved seeing your art in the gallery. It makes me happy. Uh, you guys, you were talking about later you're doing a photo shoot, right, Ava? I am. So I did my own photo shoot with my daughter over the holiday, and she's always at the gallery. And where she wanted to do her photo shoot was right in front of your wall, Jess. Oh, really? Yeah. And my mother has not been to Mobile since we moved into the house that we currently live in. And so over the holidays, she was looking at some pictures, and she said, oh, you have the most beautiful art on your wall. And I'm like, how do you know? And she thought that my entire wall was your artwork. Oh, wow. like, that's at the gallery, Mom. <laughs> but anyway, it was, I, I thought it was a good no, compliment. No, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very nice, very nice. Well, I'm excited to get to know you better. I, I met you initially through Poetry Open Mic. Yep, uh, back in April, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. And I did you come to Satori at one point with Open Mic when we did it there I, back in the day? I did, but it was with Ava. Ava was doing um, music. They're a talented gotcha. singer. Okay. Nice. Fantastic. Do you want to sing something for us today? Absolutely not. No? Okay. <laughs> I don't blame you. I wouldn't want to be put on the spot like that either. <laughs> well, um, I love your poetry, and I love your art, and I am ready to hear a little bit about your story because I know a little bit about you, but... I want to know more about you, and I think that um, part of our theme for all these podcasts has been inspiring others, whether it's people who already are semi-comfortable in their art, but they're not sure how to get out there or whether to get out there, or people who are very shy or you know reticent to share their art with others, or people who are looking for inspiration for their art, and I think probably you can speak to all those things. Uh, so uh, let's just get started with kind of what your connection with art is and how you got started with art in the first place. Well, I mean, you know, I think that most children, um, you know, we, we encourage art. So, I mean, you know, you've got your crayons when you're in pre-K and kindergarten and all of that. And, you know, you'll have art well, usually like once a week because um, that's just how it is, you know, Mobile. Um, so the, it was – there was that um, – you know, and I kind of like branched off a little bit like in middle school and high school and I was a little more involved, um, you know, but it didn't really pick up until 2018. Um, and it was after uh, just a pretty much a host of unsavory stuff um, happened in my life. I was in a um, very toxic, abusive marriage and I'd finally, you know, gotten a divorce and had you know, begun the process of uh, just, you know, like like you said, recovering um, from that. And, you know, when you're in a situation like that, you lose yourself um, because you are unknowingly emptying yourself 
for them and you're trying to mold yourself into what you think they want you to be. Um, so when you get out of that relationship, even though you know you need to be out of it, you're kind of at a loss as to um, who you are and kind of what to do um, you know, with, with yourself. Um, so with painting, how it actually started is I had had a really horrible day and I went over to a friend's house and they had some um, canvases and paints left over from this little like sip and paint thing they hosted at their house. And I was um, hesitant. They're like, well, Jess, why don't, why don't you paint? You know, we got plenty of stuff. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I haven't painted since I was like a kid, you know. Right. Um, it, it, it didn't really, I, I guess, seem, I don't know, like I, I could do anything productive with it. I'm like, I'm just going to be slapping some stuff on there. Um, but finally, they're like, oh, no, 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 just give it a shot, you know. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I picked out some, some paint, uh, you know, just some colors. And um, I just deposited them. I'm like, I think it was just a paper plate. And I just started painting and I didn't really, I wasn't thinking. Um, I was just kind of letting the motion of the paintbrush, you know, the strokes and, you know, the colors mixed together. And there, it wasn't very methodical. I just kind of was doing it. Right. And, um, you know, what I wound up with, I was like, all right, well, that, that I'm, I'm pleased with that. You know, my friends were like, oh, my God, Jess, this is really good. And I'm like, okay, is it? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it just, it really started that um, simply, and I felt so much better after I completed it. And uh, so I just started to get some supplies from Dollar General. I mean, which, you know, very bare bones type of stuff. And whenever I started to feel overwhelmed um, or, you know, when I would get just more manic, um, I would do that and I would spend, you know, 30 minutes, you know, doing a painting or a few paintings and I, life would be more manageable um, after I created something. Right. And it's just kind of, I don't really know how I wound up where I am right now. <laughs> um, actually, it, w it was, I started posting stuff and a friend of mine uh, was like, well, hey, is this for sale? And I'm like, is this for what? <laughs> um, had no idea with pricing, none of that. I'm right. like, well, what do you want to give me? And the first painting I wound up selling was $250. Wow. Um, a little eight by 10, little abstract thing. I used two colors, again, Dollar General paints. Um, but other people saw something in me far before I saw anything in myself. Wow. So initially you were in a way painting for yourself to, as you say, manage um, kind of yourself to manage some maybe mental ghosts or blocks oh, definitely. or feelings. Definitely mental ghosts and blocks and feelings. Right. Definitely. Right. Now I will say this. I, um, having been your friend on Facebook for a while now, I love that you are advocating for making mental health um, maintenance more accessible in this area. Yes. And um, I'm not trying to shift away from talking about art, but I will say that I know a lot of people who maybe have become more comfortable with talking about their struggles. I, I think I've noticed it more since COVID. I mean, I, hate, I know everybody hates the C word, but the C word being COVID here, I know um, a lot of people struggle with 
you know, just, just coping and people trying to get in to see mental health care professionals and it is so difficult, so difficult to consistently talk with someone, um, with people who are actually trained to talk with you. So I think it's great that you are, are doing something to advocate for that. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yes, I mean, um, you know, I have been subjected to, and yes, I'm gonna use that word, uh, mental health system in Alabama, um, you know, since I was 19. Um, uh, that's when I transitioned from private insurance to Medicaid. So I was sent to uh, what is now Alts Point. It used to be mobile mental health. Right. Um, and it, I, I can't even really, there aren't words to describe um, what having to deal with that uh, system is. Um, it is just woefully underfunded and, I mean, dare I say negligent. Mm -hmm. um, and even people who actively are seeking help, they want help and they don't want to listen to you. Um, in general, they just throw medications at you. Um, if you're experiencing side effects, they're like, okay, well, let's just add some medications to manage the side effects and you just wind up zombified, um, right. you know, basically. And, um, you know, as far as accessing therapy, you know, counseling, um, you know, you, you'd be lucky to see a, a counselor once every two months, and you're usually not going to see the same person. Um, they've done a bit of tidying up uh, lately, but it's just really too little too late because so many people need help and not just like maintenance um, help to where it's like, oh, well, I, I get a med check and I, I see my therapist, but I'm, I'm stable and I can work a job and I can do my day-to-days and take care of my family. You know, there are people who are in crisis mode and they want to get out of crisis mode, um, but they don't trust what's accessible um, to persons without um, insurance or they're underinsured. Um, underinsured pretty much is Medicaid. Right. Um, because you're not really, I don't know what the definition of bare minimum is to the people who are in charge um, of caring for myself and people like me, um, but it's not it. This is this is not bare minimum. Um, it's you can basically get care enough to where you can kind of manage day to day. But as far as being able to hold down a job successfully, you know, I, I know brilliant, talented people um, who are struggling to survive because their mental health is such that they just they can't you right. know and it's not that they're not trying but you know they they don't you know again they don't trust what we do have available they're like i would rather just self-medicate right um and just kind of skate by on that um rather than you know get some medication thrown at them that it doesn't it doesn't work right you know for them so it's it's such a delicate balance and you know it's like the the funding is there um you know i've been meeting with a few people um in the city who are kind of movers and shakers Good. you know i have a little bit more sway with politicians right you know, i'm learning the politicians who do actually care um about people who are struggling um, you know, they're recognizing more that, you know, dual diagnosis between addiction and mental health 
is something we sorely need because if we had that accessible, then the jails wouldn't be, you know, packed with um, people who need help rather than people who need to be reprimanded right. for something, sure. you know, actually criminal, you know. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I guess, offer my experience, you know, personal experience um, to these people who are, are, you know, have a little bit more sway, as I said, um, because they can get things done, um, but they don't actually know what it's like. So, I mean, they need someone in my position, you know, um, who's living it day to day and struggling, right, you right. know, and they need to see, you know, not just like, okay, I can put on a face, you know, I can do something like this and look really professional and really together for about two hours. Right. And I get home and it's a completely different situation and I'm just kind of like patchworking, um, you know, ways to manage, ways to grasp little snippets of joy and mm -hmm. functionality, you know, um, and that is definitely something that, that art does, right. you know, and advocacy and, you know, through my art, I, I do try to um, make people see something that's a part of me that I can't necessarily all the way talk about. Right. Um, so if I'm in a certain mindset while I'm creating something, it's like, hey, this is something really unsavory that my brain does. And I need y'all to see this because this isn't just my reality. It's the reality of so many people around me who can't communicate things as well as I can. Right, right. You know? No, I think your story is very much the story of many people. Uh, you know, I can hold it together for a few hours. I can hold it together while, while I'm at work or while I'm doing something in public for, for my kids. But then when you get home, it's, you know, it's what a lot of people don't realize. A lot of people don't realize the struggles um, that are dealt with at home. And, and so art and writing do that for a lot of people. And I wish... I wish that we could effectively get the word out or the idea out to more people so that they could, I don't know, I don't want to oversimplify it, but try art and try writing, right. you know, and, you know, here, here's an option. Uh, if you'll join us for an hour or a couple of hours and we'll do a, a paint and sip or a, you know, write poetry with us and see how you feel, you know, an invitation to do that. So hopefully through what you are doing and you are a, a public figure, you are. Sort of. Sort of, <laughs> you are. And so, um, you know, I think people uh, who look to you would feel hope. You, you know, you, um, you put your poetry out there, you put your, your art out there, and you guys both, you and Ava, you model. And we so do. I think yes. <laughs> I think that's that's fantastic, and I think that that looks very positive. And so um, I think it gives me hope. I mean, when when I when I look at um, those positive things that you're putting out there, and knowing that you do struggle, I hope other people can see that and see like, wow, and feel encouraged by that. I mean, I try to be relatable. Yeah, and um, I think that that's really important because sometimes people who are successful it's in intimidating and it seems unattainable right and um with myself i feel like i'm pretty down to earth right i feel like um 
people of all walks of life can be comfortable around me. Yeah. Um, I want people to feel like they can come up and speak to me. And I don't want them to feel judged because when I was in a worse off position, I got a lot of judgment. Um, I was cut off. I was shunned. You know, I had to really, um, it, it, it seemed impossible for a while that I was going to be able to get my life back together. Right. You right. know, um, you know, I had periods of, of homelessness or being underhoused or it's like, okay, well, we don't have heat right now. We don't have water right now. And you just, you, you learn to be very resourceful. And I think that that translates really well um, into the world of art um, because some of the most impactful artists that I've seen, um, they've made good use of what they just, they had. Right. Instead of like, oh, I'm buying the top of the line brushes and they're like $200 right. for eight brushes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, I've created some of the, you know, neatest pieces from like matches and right. salt and rubbing alcohol and doing things that's like, well, you're not supposed to do this. And I'm like, well, I did it and it looks really cool. Right. So, <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes you have to just throw the roll book out of the window and that's, it's, there. there's so much that art and life, they mirror each other right. and each inspires the other. Yeah, yeah, that in itself, what you said is inspirational. I, I do think it's neat to hear what materials were used to create art, you know. You have to be careful about that, though, That's because true. people want to take that and, uh, <laughs> right. you know, just kind of like, oh, I developed a technique. It's like, no, no, you didn't. Right, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, would you like to share something about what you do as a model or anything that you are currently involved in, Ava? Um, well, I'm honestly not really... If I were to be completely honest, I'm not involved in a lot. I used to be involved in a lot. I used to go to open mic nights all the time, sing, play guitar. Right. I would write songs. Like, it was, it used to be just like every single day, one song a day. Wow, and that's fantastic. Yeah, and it was awesome. And then, like, you know, COVID hit. And right. then my, ever since then, my energy has just like slowly been you know, going down right. and like now it's just like I'm completely burnt out. But um, I do model sometimes. I honestly don't really like when people take pictures of me. Really? How I, yeah, I really don't. I like taking pictures of myself, but I don't like when people take pictures of me. It has, it's like kind of like a paranoia type of thing. Okay. Um, but like I do enjoy the environments that I'll be in because for the most part most of the shoots that I've been in it's like near nature and such right, and it's just right. like when I'm out in nature I feel like more one with it because I don't really want to be one with people all the time I understand that because you know you sure always know their intentions I also write I uh, draw occasionally I do enjoy doing makeup Oh, nice. Stuff. Yeah. Nice. Do you think that's something that you might eventually pursue as a... I wanted to go to um, a, whatchamacallit? Cosmetology. Cosmetology. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm not good with big words. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, 
yeah, I um, makeup is something that always helps me calm down and stuff. I have like on my Instagram and stuff, I will be sharing some of the most traumatic stuff I have gone through in my entire life, and I will be doing some bombing eyeliner at the oh. same time. <laughs> I've <laughs> seen cool. it. That's cool. You know, it's just like yeah. Um, my Christian group told me that my Hindu friend was going to hell when I was 11. But oh my God, look at this eyeliner. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> <laughs> look at how it goes up. Look at how straight it is. Oh my God, you could stab somebody. It's like you could just peel it off and stab. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and there you go. But yeah, it's pretty much. I would like to get involved in the community. I just like. Also, kind of going back to what my mom said about like the Alta Point and stuff, because I also go to Alta Point. I've had my fair share of like not only the outpatient, but also the inpatient. Yep. I could go on and on about how awful inpatient is. You know, I've seen like some of the most honestly terrifying things, not really from like, you'd think that it would be from, you know, the fellow patients because you know, they're mentally ill and stuff, but it was from the staff. And I swear, honest to God, I may over-dramatize things, I will admit, <laughs> but honest to God, I do think that sometimes the staff will like sometimes the staff wanted to go to bay point as a job or alt point as a job just so they could get away with child abuse oh gosh mm -hmm. it was really ridiculous wow. you know yeah. it, if if we wouldn't have experienced it firsthand uh, i would be like you're making this up this this can't possibly mm -hmm. um be real um but it was and it was terrible and they wanted to blame everything that was going on with my child on me, which mm -mm. obviously, you know, um, when you're a parent of a child, there's there's some degree, sure. um, you know, of influence and responsibility, um, but it's it's like they were intentionally working against me. I see. And right. um, there were things that I did see from the behavioral staff that's just like, are you are you just instigating trauma? Mm -hmm. um, right, right. Are you, is, is this some sort of sick indulgence of like, you know, releasing dogs into a pit and watching them fight each other? Right. Um, because that's very much um, what seemed to be going on there, you know, and th there are people that I know who do work there, but are good people mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, they'll report things back and it's just like, this This is not okay. You right. know, it's, right. it's not okay at all. and. You know, there, there are things that we expect these good intention people to do and to put up with and the pay or lack thereof. And we expect them to go above and beyond. But that the capitalism is, a, is a, that's probably a different podcast. Isn't <laughs> <Right>. it? <laughs> you know, anything goes. <laughs> but no, I, I do think that that um, both of you I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to put this on you, but mm -hmm. I think both of you do have an opportunity to be a voice for the voiceless because there are people who won't or can't get out and speak up for others. And so I think it's great that you mm -hmm. are willing to talk about it and willing to share what, what has happened and, and you know, brighter things that can happen. I think there's maybe a future in that for you, right? Mm -hmm. I have, like, no fear. You know, if right. I see that something is wrong, I scream it. Right. Right. That's you good. Know, yeah. That's good. It, that, like, sometimes that I know that will get me in trouble, but I honestly don't care. I it's grew up. It's good trouble. <laughs> right. I good trouble. Like, I grew up 
you know, like feeling like, oh, I need to just put up with things. I'm not putting up with things anymore. Not with the things that I've seen. Right. Not with the things that I've seen. And of course, like, like when my mom was in the abusive relationship, of course I was like with her and such. And you know, and like when I was little, I didn't really know how to speak up. Sure. Like 10 is, isn't like little, little, but it's still little, you know? Sure, yeah. yeah. But like, I'm, yeah, my mom has her stuff and I have my stuff and like, we're just, Trying to deal yeah. with the stuff together. Right. <laughs> well, that's good that you have each other. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. I like I like that you are a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's They're quite talented. They've done my makeup for a couple photo shoots, and it was, you know, it's a, a very unique right. style. Right. You know, yeah. So I see a lot of potential in this kiddo oh, right stop. here. Um, <laughs> I want them to see it in themselves, too. Right. Though, right. And that's what's really important is... Um, you know, I guess the big thing with my art and advocacy and modeling is um, trying to pave the way for the next generation. Absolutely. Um, because I think that my generation, you know, kind of the Gen X millennial blend, um, yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of things that we dealt with um, to make it to where it wasn't as difficult to talk about because mental health, it's like we were kind of talking about it, but you didn't want anybody to know about it. It's like, right. yeah, we're going to get you help, but don't tell anybody that you need help. Right, right, exactly. And <laughs> now, you know, it's it's a lot more open. There, There is still stigma, yeah. um, but, you know, the, the Zoomers, you know, as it were, um, they're like, yes, I have this diagnosis, and this is what I go through, and this is what I'm doing to help myself. Right. You know, and that's really, you know, that, that that's the goal is to talk about it and not just dwell in it, but look forward to solutions um, because I want to see everybody, um, you know, I guess develop to their fullest potential um, because I've seen a lot of people my age not wasted but lost, you know. um, That's a good way to put it, yeah. You know, because of mental health and just other things that – they could have if it would have been caught when they were younger right or if it would have dealt been dealt with appropriately um and we just don't have you know the the access that we need you know yesterday a friend of mine was desperately seeking help uh for her sister who was you know addicted and homeless and you know definitely some mental health problems and we just don't have it and what we do have you have to have insurance or you have to be able to pay you know and even if you get in it's kind of a dice roll as to whether it's going to actually help or not right mm-hmm. you right. know um and it's just it's frustrating you know because like i had said before there are so many people who want help and we're just like where is it right right you know and we yeah we we have this list of like oh you can go here you can go here you can go here they're always booked or they don't have the funding to help you at the moment, or they're going to discriminate against you. I don't care what people say, they are going to discriminate against you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it's just, we, we need all-inclusive, you know, we need um, places that are not religious. Right, yeah. right. you know, um, have nothing against anybody's belief system 
you know, I, be I believe people should be able to per practice whatever they want to practice as long as they're not hurting anybody. Um, but I think that forcing someone to ascribe to um, a system of beliefs um, is damaging right, and right. it can thwart the recovery process. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I do think um, that is something that people who either don't deal with their own mental health issues or are not close to someone who, who does, I think that a lot of people don't realize, you know, what, um, what hurdles people have to jump to get help. Um, you know, even with insurance, like we, we have here at the university a great um, clinical counseling department that students can take advantage of. Even so, there aren't enough clinical psychologists or counselors to meet the demand. And so you're right, even, even with insurance, even with people who are providing services for free, there's only so many of them and this inordinate number of students who need help. And we saw an increase in that when we switched completely to online learning and people being stuck in their mm -hmm. apartments and homes right. for, you know, a couple of semesters. And so that, that was, that took a huge toll on young college students, just like it did on, you know, the, the pre-K through 12th grade kids who were at home as well. Right. And many of them, you know, at least, at least our kids were home with us. Many of them were maybe here in an apartment or on campus and away from their families and stuck inside trying to trying to learn and so there was a, a surge in the need for healthcare professionals so it didn't even matter whether they had insurance whether it was free it was just a deficit of people who could help right unfortunately and that's um you know i think that's kind of a, another reason why you know like the open mic nights that are being held at lupercalia and it's starting to pick up again as tori um, giving people opportunities to share themselves, right? You know, and um, you know, different galleries, and just being able to be exposed to art and inspire people to create art. You know, and I do think that having opportunities for people to get together and create art and create poetry—it's um, not a substitution for therapy, right? Um, but it can be a great aspect to include into sure. therapy. And it's something that you don't have to be certified to just host, you know, it's right. like, hey, we're here's this prompt for poetry. It's like uh, Sky, write a poem about Sky. Right. You know, or like, hey, art prop, you can still use Sky and just draw a Sky and you can do it however you want. And um, expression is just so important for humans in general right you know um and i have noticed that since i started painting you know i've had friends comments like you know maybe i should try something and i've had you know a handful of people after i started posting they started to create art and right. they started posting and it's just so incredible you know to to see that right right and it feels it feels good even if you're working through something bad it feels good right but it cathartic does. It is. It's very cathartic. Like, it doesn't even matter if it turns out like nothing. Just the fact that you're, that you're uh, doing something doing feels something. good. Doing something, yeah. Right, right. Just doing nothing, it, it feels pretty sucky. It does, it does. Well, um, what other things would you like to share? And then I have, I have a big question. 
You have oh, okay. big question. <laughs> a big <Okay>. question. Yeah. <laughs> um, geez, there's so much that I want to share. You know, honestly, I, I think a big thing though is um, acceptance, um, not only of others but of yourself. Um, the bad things too, because you know, as soon as you accept who you are, um, so much growth, you know, comes with that um and just an understanding of others you know and it's it's not something that comes easily um it is something that you usually have to wait a while yeah. um you know for i was probably 35 that was three years ago so i'm telling my age um <laughs> right now but yeah i think i think acceptance is a really huge thing and it's so important because with acceptance um everything builds you know from there right right that's good that's good. So this kind of segues into my big question. Oh, wow. Okay. And my big question is, and this is for either of you, both of you to respond to, but um, what advice do you have for people who are either struggling with mental health or other issues, recovery from a, abuse, both, which because they are intertwined, um, and or people who are wanting driven to do art share art do makeup share their experiences what advice do you have for those people to get started with that you can go first well as someone who has been on the internet for let's see i'm 18 now i was first on like the internet internet when i was 11 so seven years someone who's been on the internet for seven years, you are not alone. You, like, there are so many group chats. Like, you can, if you feel alone, please, like, download Discord, download Facebook, find your group chats. You can find your safe space, and there will be people who are willing to give you advice. There are people who are willing to stay by your side and be your friend and who knows what can happen from then you two may meet one day you know or three or four like there is so much opportunity you know you just like really need to take it right and it is literally in the palm of your hand with a book not not a book but a phone or right, a sure. computer or tablet you know you can do it it's right there. It might be a little scary at first, right, but right. you know, you'll find your people, you know. I, I hate to admit this, but I had not considered that there are groups to talk with. I mean, and this is silly that I hadn't considered because I'm in art groups mm -hmm. and I'm in collecting old things found in walls groups. So mm -hmm. why wouldn't there be a group for, for support for mental health for a mm -hmm. variety of people and ages and like mm -hmm. you say from all walks of life mm -hmm. that's fantastic yeah we need to get that word out more <laughs> <laughs> how you about know. you i mean it's uh, it's kind of funny that my Dumb. kid answered the <laughs> way that they did um because you know getting out and around people has been you know difficult you know for them so i'm I just have to have a mom moment and say that I'm very proud that you came out and you're talking and you're doing the things and 
given good advice. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, but I mean, pr pretty much the same thing. It's um, putting yourself out there, and that's really scary. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is scary as hell. Um, you know, because you, you when you expose yourself to other people or people are exposed to you, um, you do open yourself up to judgment. Um, but con connectivity um, is so important. And, you know, for me, I, I struggle with um, just getting out of my house because my house is my little control safe environment. Sure. You know, um, like I have social media and, and I can reach out, you know, that way. And that does usually bring about opportunities. But you have to take the opportunity. Right. Um, right. Connectivity is so important, um, especially in Mobile. You know, it is all about who you know. It is about it is. going to those events and it's about networking and it's about, you know, talking to people and, you know, just rubbing elbows and, you know, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, y you have to put yourself out there, you know, and if you don't put yourself out there and realize that, you know, as Ava said, you're not alone, um, then it's going to be very difficult for anything to happen. And also, um, I think starting with art, um, what I hear a whole lot is like, well, what if it's not good? You know, or, um, you know, my partner's like, well, I want to paint, but it's not going to be like yours. And I'm like, it's not supposed to be. Right, right. You know, you just just do it. Yeah. You know, just, just like like I started out, Dollar General. Just yeah. go to Dollar General, spend like 10 bucks, and just do it. It's mm -hmm. fine. You know, it, it's art. Art doesn't have to be doesn't have to look like everyone else's right you know and if it did it would be really really boring right mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely okay so what about your uh your poetry and your writing what would you what advice would you give for that oh geez um because you have some really powerful poetry that I've heard, that I've seen online. I, I'm guessing you have a lot that you haven't shared, and there's a lot more it, that you have to write, a lot more in you. There, There's quite a lot. Um, you know, I, I started writing poetry when I was four, um, so it was it was pretty early, and, and words were always my friend. Right. Um, and I was, um, you know, definitely poetry gave me, I guess, a gateway into um being around people because people didn't really want to be around me when I was in school because I, mean, I, was, I was weird. You know, I was clumsy. I was, you know, a brain. And, you know, I was surround myself with encyclopedias. Right. And, you know, <laughs> books and just electively do book reports just kind of for no <laughs> for reason. Yeah. yeah, just for funsies. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, and I mean, Poetry probably got me through more than art did because art, you know, like I said, it was one of those things. Oh, I'm a kid. I draw, um, you know, the painting thing didn't come until a lot later. Poetry was and will always be my first love. Um, you know, it got me through, you know, addiction and abuse and right. homelessness, you know, because even when I was homeless, for some reason, I would always have something to write with. Yeah. You know, um, with poetry just I think like stream of consciousness writing is the best way to start um, because it's not putting any pressure on you right. you just are going to write whatever you think and I know that some people don't have an inner dialogue so right <laughs> and I just found that out a couple years ago <laughs> blew my mind um, so if that's not a thing for you um, just write what you see 
um, around you, it's like the wall is blue, you know, the light is bright, the, you know, just kind of observational type tactics, which um, <laughs> that, that kind of segues into um, mindfulness, um, which I hate mindfulness so oh God, much. Uh. <laughs> but it, it really is essential, um, you know, and just kind of being a human being and um, kind of getting our brain to calm down because, I mean, it's, you know, poetry and art, they go hand in hand in that they do quiet something. They you do. know, even if it's a really powerful emotional poem and you know that when you read it in front of people, you know, it's going to elicit such a strong response, but afterward, you're calm somehow, you know, even if you get amped up rereading it, because I always reread my poem through several right, times, yeah, which absolutely. I'm sure you do the same yeah. thing. You got to make sure the rhythm is right and everything, yeah. um, but it, it, it just balances your brain in some way. Um, and so I think that's the goal is to achieve some sort of balance. Um, so yeah, I mean, with poetry, just start small. It, it's not supposed to be hard. It's not supposed to be big. It's just supposed to be an expression that's unusual, you know, from the norm. Right. I like that balances your brain. I love that statement. I do. I do. That's a great, a great way to think about all things art. It is. And while you were while you were talking through, um, it made me think about the importance of art and creative writing in school. Yes. Mm -hmm. It needs to be daily. It needs to it be. Does. You know, from the time you can write until. I mean, even if you're in med school, I think you should still do that because, you know, you if when you get into the like the way upper education, yeah, you know, your brain is doing such hard things that it needs a break. You right, know? right. Like my dad, he worked at NASA, he worked at Halliburton, all of these really high pressure jobs, and you know what he did when he got home? He watched cartoons. He would rock, watch right. Rugrats, yeah. Inuyasha. <laughs> right. You know, he he just let his brain completely relax. And I think that um, we don't do enough of that. We just feel like, oh, I'm supposed to be working 70 hours a week and not sleep and barely eat. And I'm just going to survive on energy drinks. And too many people smoke cigarettes and they drink and right you, you know and we need to just simplify things right. and, and do things that kind of make us feel i don't know just just kind of better because i mean we're meant to create you know if you right. if you look back at like you know in caves and stuff like that that they, yeah. they were drawing yeah, right you know they're they're painting you right. know it does make me wonder if when kids uh I'll say for lack of a better word, misbehave in school, if instead of sitting them in the office or in in-school suspension, we pull them into the art room, you know, yes. it does it, it, it does make me think that. Or if we had someone, a counselor or someone to work with them to write when they're in trouble instead of whatever the thing is that we do right now. And that is something that I am so grateful for as far as the school that my youngest goes to, Azalea City Montessori. Yes, I'm doing a, a shout out. Do it. <laughs> but um, that's a large part of the Montessori method is they do encourage, you know, uh, I mean, 
therapy and creativity and movement. You know, they don't they don't saddle them down in a desk. You know, if they get antsy, they can go and do this, you know, little walking thing. And, right. and, you know, art is every day. And, you know, they're encouraged to write their own stories, um, which is amazing. Yes. I mean, my youngest is eight, right. you know, and I mean, her drawing is, is just so impressive. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, like her teacher is incredible and patient and is constantly looking for you know, solutions instead of like, well, she did this wrong and, you know, the, this is her consequence and that's the end of that. It's like, okay, well, she's obviously understimulated or uh, overstimulated in some way and like, how do we fix, fix that, you know, and right. like, you know, like I said earlier, you know, balancing the brain. Right, right. Wow. That's that's great. Good teachers are so important. Yes. They make, yes. Su- they make such a difference. They and can make or break someone. amazing. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I think we all have that that one teacher that saved us, and we got that one teacher that tried their very best to <laughs> right, break us. Right, right. That, that's what I have. I have uh, Because I'm in the College of Education, I've often asked my students just before they go out to do their final internship, think of a teacher who inspired you and think of a teacher who discouraged you and think about the qualities of both of them and what, what you want to be. You want to be the encourager. What, what things that you... What things do you think people sometimes do that discourage and they don't even realize they're doing it? I think that's too often the case. Comparison. Yeah. I think comparison. Uh, well, I mean, as they say, yeah. the comparison is the theft of joy. And sometimes it's not even others telling us we, we compare ourselves. We do. We do. You know, and um, it really, yeah, I mean, it can it can set you back. I mean, it, it can completely um, derail you. Right. You, know, you can have a really good momentum going and you get compared, you start comparing yourself and that, that you can be completely right. just knocked completely off. Tank. Yeah, yeah. You were talking about people using um, how we need to use art and writing even when we are feeling the pressure of working all the time or being too busy or whatever. Um, have you met Annie O? the artist at the gallery who does the sky like she paints a lot of skies she paints the billboards the Shannara billboards in the middle of the skyline uh her work is just as you walk into the gallery on your right she's a pharmacy student okay and and like busy with pharmacy school like crazy and she paints all the time she has something on instagram where she's painting all the time and i'm like wow when i was in grad school never would have crossed my mind to to be that involved in my my art, my writing, it right. wouldn't have. And I'm, maybe I should have. Maybe I would have been happier. I know in the past uh, couple of years, I have been overwhelmingly happier and more fulfilled when I, instead of going home, instead of doing work, I write or I, I do something artistic. Right. That's for sure. Or I cook. Cook something fun, you know. I think that we, for a very long time, have had our priorities skewed. Right. Um, you know, we go for like, well, how much am I earning? Yep. Uh, what is my home like? What kind of car do I drive? Um, when we sh- we should be enriching ourselves, um, you know, our lives, the lives of, of others. Right. You know, because are you going to be remembered? It's like, oh, granddad drove a whatever. <laughs> um, or no, granddad, you know, did woodworking. Right. And he read me this book. Yeah. You know, or he wore this cologne 
or whatever, you know, it's, right. it's these kind of intangible moments are that that's how people remember us by, right. you know, in creation. Um, you might have something tangible at the end, but creation itself is an intang intangible right. quality. You know, you, you remember people from love. You can't touch love. You can feel love. Right. Wow. That's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> I really like words, and, and sometimes they, they love me back, sometimes right. not so much. Right. <laughs> I like that, the relationship with words. All right. Well, I have enjoyed talking to you both today. Is there anything else, any parting advice or last thing that you'd like to say before we close out this this podcast make god's herbal refreshments legal please <laughs> make weed legal make weed. so you know okay <laughs> <laughs> as an aside to that um so i have family members who work in the court system mm -hmm. okay they'll, they'll remain nameless to protect them yes. not that everybody in the world's listening to this podcast but i wish they were mm -hmm. um uh but i have heard a lot about people who are incarcerated for a small amount of weed possession and that they were using to maintain their mental health. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. what a shame that is that they no, are. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, I, I smoked for, you know, quite some time, like the majority of my adult life. I, I had to quit because I started having tachycardic events. Oh, wow. Um, from it. Yeah. Um, you know, but it honestly worked the best out of anything I've ever been prescribed and it was all encompassing, um, you know, pain it worked for, nausea right, works right. for. Um, I struggled with, um, anger a lot, um, mm -hmm. after my last divorce and, um, which was connected to a TBI, traumatic brain injury that I sustained during that relationship. Mm. Um, but when I would get inordinately angry, um, you know, anger is valid, but you know, you have to ascertain rather whether or not it is appropriate for the situation that, you know, you're in. So, you know, I, I have two kids, they're 18 and eight, which you think is a good idea, but it really isn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I would find myself getting, you know, experiencing the symptoms of rage. And um, instead of having to kinda roll with it um i would stop myself i would step out of the room you know i, I would partake let it hit me come back and being a, be able to more appropriately um handle the situation um and it you know prescription medications i'm not saying that they're bad um but what i am saying is that there's uh, an overwhelming potential for side effects and with marijuana, it's, it's so much less, you know, and, and I, I guess, you know, people will be like, well, will scientists say this or whatever. It's like, no, 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 let's hear from personal experience, right. you know, from these individuals right. and see, you know, how they responded and how much more functional they were. You know, I'm not going to say that it is a hundred percent, um, you know, solution to everything, you know, yeah, makes you hungry. Um, maybe a little too much <laughs> and yeah it can make you lazy or you know it's harder to pay attention um, but I think that's where uh, the regulation comes into play because different strains um, work in different ways you know indica is gonna make you sleepy you know sativa is more of a heady high so you're you're gonna be able to be more active right. um, and cerebral you know so like 
you would not indulge in like indica and go and take a class at college (laughs) you know um, nor would you if you were trying to go to sleep or get pain relief you know indulge in sativa you know because it's gonna you know keep you awake um but yeah no it, it it definitely needs to be legal completely and as far as prescription medications we need to start routinely doing um dna uh analysis to where um, you know, you give a blood sample and they have this panel and it, it, it has a lot of different medications uh, that it screens for. And it's like, okay, well, you should take this. You should not take this. This has a potential for more side effects. Mm. So instead of just like this spinning a roulette wheel, it's like, well, we're going to toss some Depakote and Prozac and, you know, amitriptyline at you and we're going to see how that works. You know, it's like, okay, well, I, I've taken that and yeah i was more balanced but it was because i was tired all the time right (laughs) you know so you you can't be productive um on that you know we want to be you know the 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 objective you know for people who have mental health problems is to be productive members of society sure um and able to contribute you know as is you know returning citizens who are formerly incarcerated completely different um you know, subject though. But, um, you know, I, I think that uh, the mental health system is shooting itself in the foot with how it's approaching everything, you know, and um, yeah, and it, it's just, it's, it's all just so disconcerting and um, just frustrating right. because we have solutions that are way less dangerous and invasive and risky and government is just like no we're we want you to do it this way and it all centers around money right um which is really frustrating you know because the the money's going to the wrong people right. it's not right. going to the the right people you know who actually need it you know i i would like more money right. <laughs> yeah absolutely you know more money would be great and <laughs> if you know my mental health was um better managed i i I could my earning potential would go up right sure you know and um i think that that's a main um frustration for a lot of people because everything is getting more expensive it is it is you know i mean eggs you want to talk about eggs right everybody's talking about eggs this week (laughs) yeah (laughs) right six pack of eggs for over seven dollars yeah that's crazy (laughs) yeah we don't need eggs that much we don't need eggs no we don't no Mm-hmm. <laughs> no Easter eggs. This I'll year. just skip and get oh, the oh. chicken itself. <laughs> I'm just going to buy a chicken right. and keep it. There you go. Nice. Yeah, I think a lot of people are, have that in mind. For yep. real. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was something good that came out of the pandemic is that people started um, planting their own food. Right. And, you know, getting like goats. People remembered and how to do it. Chickens yes. and stuff. Yes. Just something else I think that we need to go back to doing because people are, you know, they're, they're, they're capable of. Right self-sustaining um you know but we've gotten so used to like well we're just going to go out and buy it instead of teaching ourselves how to do right, it right we can still do it you know we're just too involved in technology it's true yeah you know i think that probably our generation was the last generation that had like a good balance of like outside and like a handheld sega genesis type right deal. right <laughs> <laughs> right Right, a good balance. Yeah, I think you're right, though. I think, I think if we're looking at positives uh, from the pandemic, one of them is that yes, a lot of us remembered 
what our ancestors did to survive. And I think for a lot of people, it did, it, it, at least for me, it gave me an opportunity to do more with my writing. Yes. And to do more with art because. What else home, were we going to do? do? Yeah. <laughs> Except, well, eat. I did a lot and of eating. And drink. I, I ate and I drank and I wrote and painted. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Yeah. I, I didn't drink, but I, coffee. Def coffee, definitely lots of coffee. Definitely lots of coffee. Right, right. <laughs> yep. Well, I have loved talking to both of you today. I it's really been have. a pleasure. As I'm always. so glad that you came in, and I feel like there is so much potential with uh, both of you being advocates for positive mental health and advocates for um, visual arts, word arts, makeup arts, <laughs> and modeling. Just Keep at it because I think I think it's fantastic. I, you might not like being photographed, but I love seeing the stuff that your mom posts. <laughs> I absolutely are, do. They are very talented. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. I like. Um, some parents are weird, um, and they don't like their kids being better at something than they are. But I adore it. I love that Ava has just totally surpassed you know my modeling capabilities, and it's it's awesome. Magazines need to pick. Yeah, you know, my kid. No. Right. Yes. 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 No, 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 no. Yeah. No, I think that's what we want as parents, you know, just for our kids to surpass us and be the best version of us exponentially. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. With their own unique With twist. With their twist to it. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to uh, the first episode of season two of Lupercalia Artist Podcast. And we look forward to uh, bringing more of our local artists to you next month. I'm